Hope springs eternal as college football camps open across the nation. For Pitt fans, they are hopeful that their Panthers can build upon a Coastal Division title. And the players are hopeful they can make their marks on the practice field, especially in a few key position battles. Four spots are up for grabs on an offensive line that must improve for this offense to have any hope of being effective. On the other side of the ball, Coach Rob Harley will be looking for his young players in the linebacker room to overcome their lack of experience, looking to take the next step in realizing the potential of a Pat Narduzzi defense. That and more on this first episode of the Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. It's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One hell of a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to Pitt. Welcome, Pitt fans. This is the week of August 8th. 2019 and this is the hail to pit podcast i'm alan i'm vince and i'm pam and this is our inaugural episode of the hail to pit podcast where we are here to discuss the happenings of pit football men's and women's basketball and uh, it's going to be a, a, a hellacious time it's going to be so much fun we're happy to get this thing started there's some great sources of pit news and coverage analysis out there, but there should be more. Let's all face it: the Pit Panthers don't get the love they should, de- they deserve. And there, we there's a lot of good conversations going on in bars, in, in barber shops, and salons on the sidewalk. And we need to bring it to the microphone and let everyone hear it. So we're going to talk pit sports every single week with you here. In addition to what's going on in Oakland, the North Shore, and the Southside facility. We'll dedicate some time each week as well uh, to cover a few stories happening around the nation in the world of college football and in college basketball. College football is getting underway. We are super duper hyped. We're going to have some conference previews. It's, it's, it's a great time of year. You could cut the, the tension in the air with a knife. Training camp for the football team right now has just started. So now's as good a time as ever. To get this thing fired up. Before we get started, though, we should give you listeners a uh, a short introduction into uh, who the hell we are, right? Right, guys. I mean, we're we are Pitt Panther fans, but we've got a little bit of background, I think, that gives us some cred to start this thing up. Absolutely, Alan. I. I used to cover college football in the South for a few years, as well as women's college basketball, and I am a former freelance newspaper writer. So we've got the the mighty pen on our side with Pam, <laughs> and then I am well, I, I'm a I'm a radio man for years and years, but uh, I'm a pit dropout and current student, and that's not going on a whole lot besides at the. Pit radio station, Vince WPTS. They talk a little bit of pit football there, but outside of it, a current pit student podcasted about pit sports. It's it's rare, it's hard to find, but here I am. Yeah, I'm in my 30s. I'm back at pit, but I've got the radio background. I've worked on 
places, you know, like the Jim Rome Show, NBC Sports Radio. Need I go through my resume anymore, Vince? CBS, Fox. I covered LSU football for a few years, the SEC, so I'm going to have a ton of Southern football bias when we talk national college football. But we've we've got to get this thing going, and I, I had the, the small part podcast startup company, and Vince and Pam came to me and said, we want to talk pit sports. You know what you're doing with the podcast stuff. So here we are, Vince, and we're ready to rock. Yeah, if, if Pam's the, the mighty pen, you're definitely the mighty moth. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, and well, I struggle with reading and writing, uh, but I, 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 uh, I, I graduated uh, from Pitt uh, in the previous decade. Uh, I've lived in Pittsburgh and surrounding area my, my entire life, and I've watched a whole hell of a lot uh, of these Panthers play. And I'm excited to bring my, my unique uh, interpretation of what they're doing uh, to these airwaves. It's it's gonna be a, a really fun time each and every week talking pit football with you with you two who I've been talking pit football with for years and years. But now we bring it to the world and to the rest of the Pit Panther fans out there who've been clamoring for some more pit football coverage. So now that you all know who we are, we've got a little bit of cred. We've got a whole lot of hype and enthusiasm for pit football. I, I say we get right into it. Let, let's start talking about what's going on. Training camp's underway. Yeah, it absolutely is, and I cannot wait to get into this. We're about, uh, about uh, oh, as of this live on tape broadcast, about a week in the training camp. Uh, they put the pads on. They're finally hitting each other, and there's a lot going on here. we got to unpack a little bit of it, and I, I'd like to go through kind of what each person is thinking of what they want to see out of this training camp because at the end of the day, we've got to be ready for this game August 31st against Virginia, and we got to go over and see what everybody wants to get out of this training camp experience. We're going to start with you, Pam. What are you most interested in seeing uh, coming up for these next several weeks? I alluded to it in my opening monologue, but I'm really interested in this linebacking core. Narduzzi's defense did make some good strides last year um, in the secondary mostly, but this linebacker core is really young and really inexperienced. Um, right now on the depth chart, Phil Campbell, Celine Brightwell, and Chase Pine are listed as the starters, and they've only made a handful of starts between them. Um, we also have a fan favorite on the show, Walk with Elias. Elias Reynolds is also in the mix, um, but there's not a lot of experience in that group. So can this group make a big jump and can they hold down the middle of the field, um, especially on a team that plays a little more up-tempo, which some of these ACC offenses do play? I like the linebacking core going into it. I'm never concerned about any team with with when it comes to experience. It's college football, right? You're going to be inexperienced somewhere. It's just about talent you know, creeping up and showing off. I thought these guys got Elias Reynolds. You bring up, got enough experience. Maybe he could take a next step, but they all do different things at linebacker too, which I think is valuable if used correctly by the coaching staff. And uh, they might be the key. You're right, Pam. That is one thing to keep an eye on. And I am definitely going to be rooting for Elias Reynolds just so we could scream walk with Elias whenever we're in the games. (laughs) Yeah. You talk about experience, you know, maybe the biggest thing when you talk experience here is that in this scheme, you're playing against a lot of spread offenses, these guys are going to be put on islands in space sometimes. And that could be very dangerous 
if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but, you know, you do have some experienced guys. You talk about Eli- Elias Reynolds. Celine Brightwell has got a ton of experience. And you also got uh, Johnson, the Florida transfer, uh, who's going to be coming up here. He's going to be in the mix as well. You know, it looks like they're looking at six guys. And, and the question I want to ask both of you is, does it even matter who starts here? Because we've seen Narduzzi make wholesale ch- changes uh substitutions at linebacker and other positions for that matter on defense. It's not uncommon to see him, you know, bring, you know, nine guys out and put nine guys in, uh, in between plays. I, I, I imagine all six of these guys are going to get a ton of playing time. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point because Elias Reynolds, um, if he had any starts last, I'm not sure if he had any starts well, he had, last he year, had, he, but uh, he played he had, significant time. Well, once Quentin Virginia's got hurt, right. I suppose he, started probably half the season maybe yeah and he played so much time so that was valuable experience for them out there um it's just whether the short passing game they can recover um and play in space is something to look out for i'm i'm really interested isn't if so phil campbell's the he's coming down from safety right so you've got yeah you've got speed too and like i said guys who all do different things so you're right Narduzzi, knowing all these guys could do different things depending on situation, depending on game plan, it's good to have. It's not like quarterback where you got more than one, you got none. Having all these linebackers who are capable, it doesn't matter who starts at all to me as, as long as they're being used the right way and, and prepared the right way. I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it all up and down. Star Mike Money, I think there's capable people there for the Pitt Panthers and and a little bit little bit of experience, not too much, but I don't think that really matters as long as things are going well right now in camp. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, another position, what I'm most interested in is this offensive line. There are going to be four new starters on the offensive line. We know that. Jimmy Morrissey, the only guy coming back at center position, uh, was a huge blow whenever he went down last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got to stay healthy. Uh, but they're looking to f- fill those other four spots. I think there's 10 guys, realistically, for, for the five starting spots. Morrissey and, and Hargrove, I think, are the two main ones. Uh, they have the most experience, the most snaps under their belt. But but guys like Carter Warren, guys like Gabe Hoy, I'm very excited to see these guys. These guys are big. They've been training for a couple years, learning the system, learning how to play offensive line at a collegiate level. I think they're going to be something special. Uh, but we do got to get this line sorted out. Whoever the five best guys are, they got to get that solidified as soon as they can because they got to be ready to go week one. And this is a position that Narduzzi and his staff have proven time and time again that they can develop um, players in this offense on the offensive line. And a number of them have been drafted in recent years. So there are 10 realistic options for five spots here, but I know that's a concern for some fans out there who's going to start and how this offensive line is going to look, but this is a position group I have confidence in this coaching staff to develop. And you notice how we've brought up so far linebackers and linemen, and if you look at our rundown, guys, uh, we don't have a running back anywhere because it doesn't matter because as long as the offensive line at Pitt is, is running the way it has under Narduzzi, Anybody could be back there, especially with how highly touted all the running backs we have now are. This this is of the utmost importance. And if I'm going to have one returning starter at all at any one of the offensive line positions, I want my center back. 
especially a center like yeah. Jimmy Morrissey, who's going to be able to bark right there in the middle of the offensive line out orders and, and get everybody working working together. I, 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 more even, I mean, the linebackers, it's a lot of potential. I'm like you, Pam, super confident. Whatever they do at offensive line is going to be the right thing because the track record's there for the coaching staff and, and in recruiting, and they ha- do have a bona fide leader of a player on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that for the most part, they were not good last year, specifically pass blocking. They, they were not very good, but you could make the argument scheme. You know, they were start scheme, and they were starting basically four guards on the on the offensive line, and. You know, guys who probably shouldn't even been playing those positions. I mean, you got two converted defensive linemen playing on the offensive line. You had uh, Alex Bookser, who's a guard, had to play tackle. Uh, it has to be better this year. The pass protection just has to be better, uh, and, and I think it will. You know, these guys last year, you know, they had they were very good at, at running straight. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. That was their best plays. Just run straight. I think that's a good thing guys. to be. That's a good thing to be good at, though. Yeah, if if there is something I'd want to be good at, it's running straight. Yeah. Uh, but we need to be. We need to be more than just straight. We need. We need to go a couple of different directions. Mostly forward, though. Uh, and I, I think these guys are going to be able to do that. I, th- I think there's some solid offensive line coaching. I like the athleticism from these cats, and I think they're going to do an excellent job uh, protecting the quarterback. Like you said, Alan. The, uh, the scheme under Mark Whipple, it's going to change a little bit, and I think it's going to help any deficiencies that there may be with the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you've already seen kind of from reports from camp, uh, skills position players kind of be put in, being placed in different places than they were last year. Here and there, Whipple's kind of gauging the talent, where he's going to, you know, where people will fit in the best. So that hopefully is also going to help Kenny Pickett who is, I mean, yeah, it's obvious it's the quarterback, but to me, Kenny Pickett on offense, Paris Ford on defense, the two guys I am most fascinated at at watching and hearing about throughout training camp all the way through the season because, quite frankly, I think as each of those guys goes, that's the offense and defense will go. If Paris Ford doesn't hold his end up of the bargain, his with that defensive backfield that is supposed to be Pretty good, almost outrageously good, uh, compared to even even really good pass pit uh, secondaries. It's it should be good this year, and it's going to go as far as Paris Ford, uh, you know, weakest link. You'll say if Paris Ford's really good, and he actually could end up being the best of the bunch if he lives up to the potential. So I'm watching, yeah. and then and then Kenny Pickett, who I don't know about you, but last year going into the season knowing what he did against Miami and, and all the hope of this time of year and remembering back to the big win. I'm thinking going into the last year, Kenny Pickett, oh, if there's one thing I could rely on for Pitt this year, it's that they're going to have an outstanding quarterback who's ready to shift into the next gear. He showed the flashes. Oh, my, we've got a guy. And, oh, my goodness, what a, I mean, is it is it over the top to call that a disastrous season for Kenny Pickett? And, <sighs> At other schools, you would not be starting again. I, I, at a lot of other schools, with a performance like that last year. So, well, when the backup option is Jeff George Jr. He holds a Jeff George. You're right, around yeah. college football, um, <laughs> I, they had really no choice. But I think 
the sophomore year sometimes in college football is one of the most difficult years for some players, especially quarterbacks. So we'll see. He's got the full year under his belt as a starter if he can turn it around here um, heading into this year. Yeah, we'll be talking about this uh, throughout training camp. But, you know, what this team needs to do to get better. Uh, and certainly, you know, quarterback play is one of them. Kick, Pickett's got to be better. But, you know, the play calling, the, the protection, the players around them, those all got to be better, too, to lift him up. Shifting gears back to Paris Ford for a second, will he be involved in the special teams at all, do you think? Uh, he's been practicing, from what we've heard, as a, as a punt returner. And I, I am just been – I've been salivating for almost three years now to watch this kid get his hands on the football in open space. And I, I am just praying – that we're going to see that this year. I just want to see the kid with this ball in his hands. I think he's going to do something special with it. I really do. If it's not Paris Ford back there, who will it be? They're trying out a few different options. I guess Maurice French could do it. That's And, yeah. and he's an excellent kick returner, which I'm assuming he'll continue to do mm-hmm. this year. I just, uh, I, I just want ahead. to see Paris Ford contribute. I don't care where yeah. it is. I don't care if it's in special teams or as as long as he's he's playing well on defense and really the pit defense needs a solid strength and it can be that secondary and it it could be very special and I think it rides on him but yeah I mean having yeah. an electric return man too wouldn't be too bad either Al, I mean, we, uh, Pam and I have been talking a little bit about this off air and I'm going to ask her here if she agrees with me. You know, we were talking about who's that guy that they just can't afford to lose. And I think, you know, Paris Ford and DeMar Hamlin at the safety position are two of the guys close to the top because the depth behind them at safety is not outstanding. It's not like cornerback where I think they got a couple additional guys they can really count on. Uh, Jay Stalker, Bryson Garner. Darren Coleman, I mean, they could be fine role players in a in a spot situation, but they're not the dynamic playmakers that I think this defense really needs uh, to execute on their scheme at the safety position. I think those two guys are so critical to the success of this team. Uh, and Ford, with his type of athleticism, dynamic playmaking ability, he could be that guy that, like you said, Alan, this this defense could ride or die with. Yeah, I. I- I'm with you on, on Paris Ford all the way. Um, sorry to cut you off there, Pam, but I'm all in on as he goes, the defense will go just as the same with Kenny Pickett on offense. I'm all I'm all in on that right in that regard, even more so than someone on the defensive line who I normally would pin my hopes on. But in this case, with Pitt being a, a team that's going to rely on the secondary a lot, I'm going with Paris Ford on that question for sure. I think on that question, I do think Paris Ford's towards the top of my list, but I would actually go to Jimmy Morrissey on the offensive line. Oh, they wow. need that. Yeah. They need they need that veteran leadership. We talked about how they're not sure who's going to start. A lot of guys, a lot of young guys there, guys who don't have a whole lot of experience. And I think they need Morrissey to anchor that line down. And we saw in the games he didn't play last year how it, it, all, it fell apart. It was a it disaster. fell apart immediately when he wasn't in there. It was awful to watch. So I'm going to go with Morrissey for that question. Yeah, if if I got – you're right. If I got Ford as one, then you got Morrissey 1A for sure. Uh, but I do have a lot more faith in, in 
the the pit coaching staff shoring up the offensive line top to bottom than I than I do with the depth on defense, if that makes any I agree. sense. Yeah. Um especially with so many questions on the defensive line. It's hard to be really confident in the defense, but I when the defensive line I especially up up the middle. I know we're not going deep dive into defense today, but oh I have questions about defensive tackle. Oh my yeah, yeah, I, yeah, we'll be getting into that in, in the coming weeks. But I think this is, you know, a unit that's got a tremendous amount of hype. It has for the past year or two, uh, but it's got to prove it. If you want to give us your thoughts on any of the questions we've been asking each other, uh, you could hit us up. We have some social media out there, Pam, that uh, we're already blowing up and getting some followers and interacting with people, and we're going to be there each and every single day to keep the conversation going whenever the show's. Uh, you know, out there and people to react there for people to react to. Absolutely. We are on Twitter at, at H2P show, and we will soon be on Instagram. We'll be posting some videos and sound clips from our podcast. So you're always connected uh, on Twitter. We'll be interacting with people. I posted some questions this week, uh, the SEC released their schedule for next next year already. Is this something we could see other networks or other conferences doing, maybe with their network partners moving down the line? So let us know your thoughts on that and other, other pit topics at H2P Show on Twitter. There we go. Hit us up on the Twitter. Anytime react to that question, which who's the – so how would you phrase that? The most indispensable player? I guess the player they can't lose. I want to hear – with some of the Panther heads out there think of that one. And of course, tell your friends, tell all your anyone you know who hails the pit to follow the show uh, and subscribe on any podcast platform Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. We're out there, we're everywhere. Wherever you need us, you'll find us. And good to see you on the Panther Dash Lair, too. People were pretty hyped for the start of the show, and uh, we'll be interacting with people there as well, right, Vince? Absolutely. Yeah, the best source of of panther news out there today in my opinion uh is panther hyphen lair chris peak does an excellent job there if you want to get some good inside information definitely subscribe over to that website it's a lot of fun it's that's but see if you get tired of typing and reading people like podcasts these days that's where we come in and we'll hopefully supplement anything you see on there as well we always peruse the boards there the boards on panther dash lair or is it hyphen lair what's the cool way to say it vince i don't even know i think they say hyphen now hyphen okay cool this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com all right where are we going next vince uh we're going to be talking about the ACC network. This has been a very hot topic for some years now. <laughs> and it's, it's almost a hot topic in our household. And it's and it's final almost finally here. August 22nd. 
it, it is going to be debuting, uh, and this is going to be on the ESPN family of networks, a national television station and a national television channel, and it's going to have all things ACC. Anything that you want that's ACC is going to be on there. Uh, and I, I'm happy that we have it here in our household, at least we hope. We, we subscribe to the Verizon Fios network, and they're supposed to have it. Uh, one of the only cable people that are supposed to have it, from what I understand. Uh, although I think that's going to change. I think some co- ca- uh, Comcast and the like, I think, will cave in at some point. Well, I don't know. I read a really extensive article by David Glenn on The Athletic. And if you were really interested in how cable subscriptions and packages work, um, I would definitely check out that article. The one interesting thing is you mentioned Comcast. There's still not an agreement with Comcast. And Comcast and the Disney and ESPN uh, company have an agreement already to, to through 2021 or 2022. So Comcast doesn't have too much incentive to add the ACC network at this point because they're already under contract, but they may, they might. One of the biggest things is Charter Spectrum, the largest TV provider in the state of North Carolina, as of this recording, does not have an agreement with the ACC network. And if you think of all the Wolfpack and Tar Heels and Blue Devil fans that you know and love the ACC. This is something and a number of exclusive games they will not be able to watch even, without that. Even, Charter Spectrum has even those, almost a monopoly down there. Even those couple Demon Deacon fans you know yeah, are, yeah. are, are going to be in trouble. Absolutely. I didn't read this and, article from The Athletic, Pam, that you're talking about, but I, I'm going to go ahead and guess that they said what the cable companies do is they take everybody's uh, debit card or credit card information, and then they squeeze it until all the money falls out. Is that what they do? Yeah, something like that. But for those interested in cord cutting, yes. uh, YouTube TV and the ACC Network just reached a deal uh, earlier this week, last week, and then uh, PlayStation View as well. But I will still say for you people out there that live in the Pittsburgh area, I'd be a little weary of that because of blackouts. Uh, I I am not so sure that you're going to be able to watch ACC Network games streamed live. I would be still a little nervous about that. I think you're wrong. I we'll think you're, I, I think you're very wrong about that. And it, when and if all else fails, just go to the bar. All right, go to the bar, watch the game, or come to my house. And, and, and let me just tell you this, too. I've seen the facilities at, on campus for the ACC network, and I'm going to be getting to work in them this sem- coming semester. Got a broadcast class inside the peat. Oh, my state of the freaking art. I mean, they've got all kinds of gizmos and gadgets in there and, and multiple broadcast rooms. They're any They could put anything live from any facility on campus onto a stream instantly it's going to be it's going to be pretty awesome to sink my teeth into it and the ACC network's going to be awesome too because they have these facilities Pitts is the nicest they're saying uh, I'm only going by I, I believe I bet, it. I bet. but I they're saying it. those kind of facilities are all in every school in the conference but um it, it's it's good it's good every con- if the other conferences have them uh the ACC absolutely should and especially when you got the national champions in damn near every sport, it's about time. The only thing I'm worried about is uh, 
if Pitt goes on a miraculous run this year and wins the ACC, nobody in North Carolina is going to believe it because none of them would have seen it. <laughs> well, they, they, they'll have to beat North Carolina to do that. And that's something that uh, they haven't been able to do. So people in North Carolina might just assume that. Mac Brown's Pitt here to change it. all that now, Pam. Don't worry. Yeah. We're going to be fine now against them. Um, But the one other interesting thing is how this impacts game times for Pitt. We already see um, some different game times. They play at 11 a.m. on the second week of the season. But then they also gain a night game the first week of the season, that that elusive night game. (laughs) Everyone uh, always wants. Yeah. So uh, I think that, you know, this is, first of all, this is a good thing. I mean, the more national television games that, that you have, the better. Uh, especially with how poor some of these regional broadcasts oh, yeah. are, oh. you know, uh, you know, commercials with weird sounds uh, <laughs> and that are strictly just about chicken, but not even really good chicken either. Um, I've been looking it, for a food lion to shop at for 20 years. And I go to North Carolina. They're all there. Why are they showing me commercials for food lion up in Pittsburgh? Or even when I'm watching the ACC network living down in Louisiana or back when I was living in California, I can't get to any of these places. I can't. I hope these commercials change for the love of God, yeah. ACC network. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, I think this is I think this is good. I mean, you know, a lot of people are complaining about this 11 a.m. game. But what? You know, why? What can you do? It's the best. I, I don't know. It, Nothing's <laughs> better than an 11 a.m. better for me. Yeah, absolutely. I love waking and- up and watching football. Yeah, we all love when the London games are on. You roll out of bed and you watch football. The one, another thing about the ACC network is someone who watches a lot of SEC network and as someone who's a fan of other sports other than the college, men's college basketball and the football, I love that these networks showcase these other student athletes hard at work. I love that. And I love the studio shows and the behind the scenes look at all the sports and all the athletes putting in the time on campus. Yeah, the ACC just needs to get their own fi- Paul Feinbaum is what we need now, though. You gotta have yeah. You gotta have someone to to anchor it to kind of be that you know that st- steady force getting everybody talking about the conference. I'm all about the SEC network because they have the perfect blend of personalities like that. The shows are great. They do showcase uh, baseball and softball really well. I mean, if you catch me watching a softball game, it's probably going to be an SEC softball game. If you catch me watching baseball, it's probably going to be SEC baseball because they do it so well there. Hopefully that translates in care. And the same thing happens for the ACC. Oh, yeah. You talk about Paul and then you talk about other big stars that have come off of the SEC network like Booger, Laura Rutledge. You know, who, who's going to be our guys? Well, Mark Richt is going to be on the ACC network. Well, I don't. With, I don't know if he's going. And to be. Tim Tim Hasselbeck <laughs> will be calling some games in the ACC network as well. Those are some of the big names they got. But we'll see what happens. But I'm excited uh, to showcase all the sports here. It's, Do you it's, think we'll get like? Go ahead, Alan. Well, I was just going to say it's it's going to it's going to have to be someone. I think a little bit better than Mark Richt. I mean, yeah, the, the Big yeah. Ten has Jerry Donardo. Who's 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 really good? I mean the 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 SEC's got I mean a plethora, too many to name. All the handsome young Alabama quarterbacks who never made it in the NFL too. They, they've oh, got a, you got to have a good roster of people providing the coverage. Yeah, maybe uh, who knows? Maybe like Greg Romeus. 
will end up being the, the, <laughs> I doubt the next. That. The answer the next, is Dave Wanstead, but he's he's already big time on he, Fox he, Network. He, yeah, he yeah he's he's the main attraction on on another network. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna have. Is Pitt does Pitt have any scheduled representation on the ACC network in terms of uh, broadcasters? Not at this time that I could tell. Uh, yeah. There's, there's still, especially for studio shows and broadcasts, they've listed a few broadcast teams, including Dave O'Brien, but I couldn't see any Pitt representation. Well, doesn't so like John Jemmy do? He does football, football sideline work. Yeah. I, I'm gonna vote if we're gonna have someone represent the the Pitt Panthers on the ACC network as a studio person. I'm hoping we get, uh, we, ideally it'll be like someone like Chevy Troutman or someone call up Carl Krauser <laughs> and get him in the studio there. We'll see what happens as as they continue to roll out uh, broadcast groups for other sports as well. Yeah, that's going to be one of the more fascinating things for sure to be watching with the ACC network. Besides, of course, all the games. Uh, last thing I have a question about is, do we know exactly how many scheduled ACC network games Pitt has this year? No, I guess not. Um, but I, I think it depends on, you know, how they do. And, you know, if they do really well, like we're all hoping, I, I would think a lot of their games are going to be on, you know, the big ESPN. Maybe even the big ABC. Yeah, but, ideally. Uh, but you know, if they're you know if they're struggling a little bit, you know, there could be a lot of that. You know, eleven a.m. ACC network. Yeah, the only two that are scheduled right now are the first two, and a lot of them are to be determined. Yes, they've got. I'm looking at it right now on the ACC.com. Actually, they do have a whole. They've got. It looks like. Ooh, five games the first week on the network, five the next week, four in week three. They, they've got that planned out, and then everything else is going to be TBD, I guess. You're right. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that this is finally happening. I'm really happy that we didn't end up having the Clemson network because, well, this is probably what this is going to end up being anyway all season long. But, I mean, you don't want the disaster that the Big 12 has. That's just... That's horrible. That killed yeah, that, that conference. Yeah, those I I've talked to some Texas A and M fans, and they are still very upset about that. I mean, they're mad. They left the damn conference. Yeah. Yep. Well, everybody, if you can subscribe to the ACC network, whether it's through your cable provider or if you're a, a, a sane person in the 21st century and you cord cut, uh, you know where to go. YouTube TV with that sweet deal now should make it easy for you. Uh, either way. Uh, you, you'll you'll figure out how to watch the pit games. We know you. You got this, Vince. Next up on our inaugural show, we have the first edition of a fun new segment that we're going to have each and every single week. That I'm really excited about that you came up with. That's right, Alan. You know you've heard what what the three of us have had to say uh, this whole episode about you know training camp, the ACC network. But it's also important to hear what the people are saying, because that's what's most important, the people out there. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about and hear uh, just a so small soundbite of what the Yinzers out there are saying. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the Yinzers are saying.
Bill Kyer, he always let all fans come up with tropes and watch the Steelers practice. You know, you're right. I, how am I supposed to know who the hell the quarterback is even? Is it is it still Billy Stall there? Is he, how's he even looking in camp? The paper don't write nothing about it, and who the hell even gets the Post-Gazette anymore? No, it ain't no Billy Stall. I think it's some kid from Doc Carnegie. But the answers are the same. Is it Carnegie, Carnegie, or Carnegie? I guess that's a topic for another show. But that's what the Insters are saying. And now we're going to close out the show here, talking a little bit of national scene. We're going to do this every week. National college football, college basketball. And we're going to start talking about the conferences as we lead up to the season coming here, giving giving everybody a preview of what we think is going to be happening nationally. And we're going to start with the two conferences that didn't make the college football playoff last year, Big Ten, Pac-12, talking national college football. Oh, college football! And I think we're looking at the two conferences that I am the least hyped about. They should be competitive, though, but do you either of you even right off the bat see a national champion coming out of the Big the Big Ten or the Pac-12? No. The the only – I could see a sleeper in Oregon. I mean, that's the the hot pick. I don't know. Or, I mean, maybe Michigan, but I don't think so. They've lost a lot on that defensive side. Oregon's the only one that I think could (laughs) do it. (laughs) What? Come on. Get out of town. Some people aren't even picking Oregon to win the conference. I'm Some not. people don't even think they're going to win their first game. They are definitely not winning their first game. Auburn? No way. Well, I don't care for Auburn. None of us care for Auburn, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that game in depth as as yeah, the, probably the first week of the season. Uh, but that's a tall order there, and I will say, if they could win that game, I... I think they got a chance to run the table uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they, even if they finish with one loss, but still beat Auburn uh, if they get in Oregon. I think they would because the pack pack 12 is competitive. It's not a, a walkover, but um, I do think if Oregon runs the table or maybe loses one game, I could see even if they lose to Auburn and win every other game in the conference, title game i think they could make it depending on what the other conferences do i absolutely do okay oregon good offensive line a huge pro quarterback prospect but here's my bold prediction for the duckies they are going to get embarrassed by auburn as the sec always does in week one to any any team from out of conference they play and i think they're they have to go to washington as well they're on the road in that game, the biggest game in the conference this year. Well, that's they might, right. They uh, might lose that one, too. And Justin Herbert, they might be embarrassed. He might fall out of the top five, top ten of the NFL draft, too. It's not going to be good for the Oregon Ducks. I have a bad feeling about this. Washington lost a number of guys on defense, but Washington does have Jacob Eastman as their quarterback now. But they don't have Jake Browning. I, I'm, I'm down on Washington this year. I, I really am. I think they've lost. They lost a ton of talent. But if you're a big Jacob Eason fan, I guess you think they're going to be good. 
I think they're going to be good. Yeah, I don't think they're going to drop off too, too much. I I think they'll be up there competitive in the Pac-12. But I do think I do think Oregon will be up there. But it is an interesting question. In hindsight's 2020, will Herbert fall in the draft like other quarterbacks who have stayed for that final year? Yeah, that's we'll why find out. I, I'm I'm leaning towards the negative on that, and I think they're both, you know, probably nine, ten win teams. Oregon, if they could pick themselves back up, but I'm telling you, week one, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be good for the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Uh, we will handicap that game once we uh, uh, in preparation for the first week of the season. Al, I know you're a big Wazoo fan and Mike Leach. Do, do you give them any chance uh, to win in that Pac-12 North? I mean, there's anytime Washington State has a team that you know is going to end up with a, a, a bowl appearance. If they're if they're going if they're in bowl range, that means they're dangerous. That mean they're always they're always anywhere from six to nine wins potentially, and you know some of those wins could come it come against the best teams in the conference, especially when they're at home. They do ha- they have Oregon on the road though, which is tough. Uh, you know they they're 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 also on the road against Washington. I'm seeing this too, and on these kind of years, it, it's tough to pick them to win. But I definitely think they're going to win one of those games. I think they'll they'll get one of those upsets in there because Mike Leach always does. They'll be the spoilers of the Pac-12. I don't think they'll win it. Um, no Gardner Minshew, who was fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the air raid just continues. It never stops. As, as we finish up the Pac-12, Vince, let me ask you this about one of your teams every year, USC. How do you think the Trojans are going to compete? Uh, well, uh, I, I just don't know. You know, they, they just seem to uh, – they don't have it all together. They, they don't. I, you know, they got, they, got a lot, they got some talent, but I just don't think they're there. That, that quarterback, he's – He's supposed to be good, but you know, is the whole team there yet? I just don't think so. And most people are picking Utah to to win the South. Um, they're going to have a strong, you know, strong line again. They, they'll probably end up winning it. I would think Utah. Utah, yeah, I, I think so too. I'm with USC. You got you 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 forget that JT Daniels is a capable capable quarterback, and now. He's got an air raid, uh, uh, one of the students of the air raid teaching him. There was, well, it's not Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, but they got Graham Harrell there at, at USC, who was fine at, at, at Tech. And now he brings uh, the offensive know-how, how to get the most out of a quarterback in a passing attack. And it's USC. They always have good receivers. It's just about... You know the coaches and the quarterback getting the most out of them. I I I expect USC to bounce back in a big way this year. Offensively, I, see, I hear what you're saying, but there there's so much pressure on Helton to win. Yeah, if right, if right, he's gonna and, lose his job, and you're gonna install this this new offense, is that what you're telling me? They've got yeah, yeah new are, coordinator. Are you, are you gonna be able? What's that? That's a new coordinator. It's a new day. Yeah, it's a new are you offense. gonna be able to install this air raid offense that you're talking about that quickly uh in order to win immediately? I I, I don't know. I, I 
it, it would have me very nervous for the Trojans. With the talent they have and a quarterback who's gone through the growing pains, I wouldn't sleep on him. Especially, come on, you know about USC, Vince. You you know this team, it's, it's capable with the talent every year. It just hasn't happened in a while. If you look at their schedule, very favorable. I I think well, the Trojans are. It's, if Texas well, is back, I think USC is about to be back too. Well, look look at how they start this, their year. You know, they they host Fresno State, who won the WAC last year, I believe, uh, or at least played in the WAC championship game. Then they host Stanford. KJ, KJ Costello, sleeper Heisman candidate, be, watch out for him. They got to play at BYU, uh, home to Utah, who's the favorite. At at Washington who uh, some people think is going to win the North, then they got to go to Notre Dame. That is a very difficult start to the schedule. Uh, it They could get off to a, to a bad start and things could fall apart quickly. So you're expecting a Snoop Doggy Dog Instagram video of him going, man, we ain't ready. We ain't ready for nobody. Like after they lost to Alabama <laughs> that one year. Uh I think he's just going to be so hyped for the Steelers season. He's not even going to worry about something. <laughs> so as we wrap up the discussion on the Pac-12, who's everyone picking? I'm picking Oregon. I'm picking Oregon as well. To win it? Yeah. Yep. Toss up between Oregon and Washington. I'm going to go with, with – I'm going to go with Washington. Again? Yeah. But wow. let me reiterate, not none of them are, are going to the college football playoff. I agree with you on that one. Okay, let's look at the Big Ten. And let's start actually with the Big Ten West. And going into this year, everyone is hyping up Scott Frost in Nebraska and thinking they could actually win the Big Ten West. Are you guys as hyped for Nebraska as everyone in the national media seems to be? I'm curious. Uh, People are saying the black shirts are back. Uh, This Martinez kid at quarterback. I have that right. Yes, yeah. a- Adrian Martinez, uh, most yards yeah, ever of- thrown by a freshman in in Cornhusker history. Yeah, uh, which which is probably what like twenty. Um, <laughs> and, and so a lot of people are, are really hyped about this guy. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how they do because they weren't that great last year, even though they did play some teams tough towards the end. Uh, I suppose is it is it more that they're just like the exciting pick? and that nobody else is good or, or that great in the Big Ten West, or is this actually a legit team? I think it's the first thing you said, that <laughs> that no one open. else is that yeah. great. It's a wide-open It's a wide open division. I mean, it's usually Wisconsin, and if, if you want to be different in this division, you're going to pick Iowa, usually. But now people are getting bored with even <laughs> that, so they're starting to pick Nebraska, who – I mean, what did they start? 0-6 under Scott Frost? They, they yeah. had a horrible yeah. start. But a lot of people were saying, yeah, but they're a really good 0-6 team. Do you, if you believe in good 0-6 teams, then you go ahead and pick Nebraska. I'm not. I'm taking the safe pick in the division, at least, and taking Wisconsin. They've got a damn Heisman candidate at running back. Yeah, uh, Taylor is a, is a very good running back. But my, my, my interest with them is Paul Christ, and, and we got to see a lot of him here at Pitt, probably too much. Um, and I think he's an okay coach, 
Um, he's done an excellent job with talent that he inherited at Wisconsin. But I question whether he can sustain uh, a program and build it himself over a long period of time. I think that remains to be seen. Uh, they were not as strong up front last year. Defense, obviously, not as good. And they didn't didn't get great quarterback play, and it suffered. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Alan, in picking the – the safe team in Wisconsin, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, they're the safe team, though, and and it's it's really a bad division. Can we can we call it one of the worst in the Power Five? Yeah, yes. And and, and Northwestern, who we haven't even mentioned, they won the thing last year. Uh, so, uh, I mean, could they? They do might that win again. again. They, they might. They and might the, win again. And I the don't... thing, the thing also about Northwestern Fitzgerald always has them, you know, ready to overachieve. But if you look at Purdue and Minnesota in the division as well, they're on the they're on the upswing. Those programs they're mm-hmm. getting they're getting better under head coaches who are you know got their feet wet and now are kind of getting into their groove too. It's very interesting with all the new blood in there. But why go against what works, right? I'm 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 going Wisconsin. Is anyone looking at Iowa? Is this a Kirk Ferentz year? I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm going to pick Northwestern to repeat. I think it's a conference where or a division where that you're picking Northwestern. Yeah, I think it's a division where everyone's going to beat each other up, and the winner's going to be have like four or five losses. Let me say this though: Do you think the style of play that Nebraska implements, which is is different than than an Iowa or a Wisconsin? Uh, or Minnesota, maybe, you know, is, is it that much different? You know, probably maybe similar to something Northwestern would do, but they got better athletes. Do you think that that just gives them an advantage that they're so they're different than everybody else? And they're going to catch everybody off guard. Uh, no, because I feel like some of these teams have defenses that are athletic and can keep up with the speed and the, and the you know, that 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 crazy offense that Scott Frost is going to implement, you know, I like Iowa's secondary is good. I think Iowa would get them. You know, well, I guess one thing we didn't bring up is what it could come down to crossover games, and I believe Wisconsin has to play both Penn State and Michigan, which is probably a a you know tougher duo than a lot of the other teams may play. So maybe that's working against them. Yeah, that you that's in the Big Ten a lot. You look at in this division. I, I mean, you look at who has to play the 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 bad boys from the other side of the conference, right? Who has to play Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and that's kind of how you sift out who wins in this division. Um, they play Wisconsin's playing play Michigan and Michigan State. Excuse me, and Ohio State. Are they in there too? Yeah. They play three teams from the other division? Is that how that works? Well, one might be their rank. Yeah, I guess they do. Oh, they must go to that. Nine conference games. Yep. Yeah, and then so fighting. a big reason why people pick Nebraska, this are picking Nebraska, is because of those, you know, the, the murderers row on the other side. In the East, they only play Ohio State. It's the only one they catch. That's, that's, why, Nebraska. that's why you would pick them. <laughs> And that's a that's I guess a smart strategy in Big Ten West. Me, I'm going Wisconsin. Although in terms of players, guy I can't wait to see is that defensive end uh, for Iowa, uh, AJ Epineza. 
if I if I Epenezer Scrooge, I, if I said that right, but finally a team in the Big Ten has a really good defensive lineman that isn't a Buckeye. I mean, the Buckeyes have good defensive linemen, but this guy might be the best in the entire conference. Super excited to see him uh, get after quarterbacks. Speaking of the Buckeyes, uh, who do we think is going to win the Big Ten East? I'm going. I'm actually going Michigan here. Are you really? No, no. Ah, this is so, so tough for me. Can I? Just, I actually could. Can I just say, don't be a fool, Pam. Come on, you know it's Jim Harbaugh. He's not winning the thing. I know. That's why I'm probably going to go Michigan State when it's all said and done. I think they're going to have a good bounce back year. I I'm I like that pick better than Michigan. I'll say that, but I'm still going Ohio yeah. State. I mean, there's there's still all the talents there, and they're and they're they let Kirby well, Smart do their recruiting for him now at quarterback, and you know they're going to be good. <laughs> well, that's the thing, Justin Fields. I'm I'm not impressed by this kid at all. Uh, so I and and they don't have Urban Meyer there pulling the strings. So and, and they did lose a lot of receiving talent. At Ohio State, you know, I mean, they're still going to have, you know, they're still going to have dudes. There's no doubt about that. But it, something about that makes me a little nervous. Michigan, I think we all agree. Harbaugh just, until he does it, I'm not going to believe it. You know, with how good they had, how much talent they had last year. And they still couldn't get it done. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to pick Michigan State uh, because I, I like that Brian Lewerke at quarterback, and they return a lot on, on uh, in in the trenches, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I think it is going to be a bounce back year. A lot of injuries last year for the Spartans. I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I really do. Wait, we're agreeing. This makes me a little too nervous. I so pick I somebody else. No, I'm picking Michigan State. I said it first. Come on, I, I just think... quit. You both sound like you're trying to talk yourselves into something. Just pick Ohio State. <laughs> They're replacing great players with great players, as they always do. I mean, you lose the receive. You said the receiving core's gone, but they, they replace them with like studs that you know, highly recruited studs. KJ Hill gonna be a killer. I mean, has already had a yeah, ton of catches. J.K. Dobbins, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, Dobbins at running back, experienced, and then Benjamin Victor, who I can't wait to see. Yeah. Tall, <laughs> dangerous receiver. Well, let me ask you guys: This is a team from the Big Ten, Ohio State or Michigan State? Will they make the playoff? Um, I could, yeah, I could see Ohio State. Uh, yeah, you know why? Only because they'll probably have an equal record. You know, we'll probably have five teams. And, and two teams worthy of the four spot. But I think the Big Ten as a conference did enough bitching and moaning in the offseason that they're going to get a favorable outcome if it comes if it's close enough at the end. They're going to get somebody in, and I think it'll be Ohio State. Yeah, I I could subscribe to that because, you know, it, it's, it's unlikely Notre Dame is also going to be, you know, finish with one loss again. Uh so you know, they're not going to be taking up one of those spots. I mean, they they can affect the playoff. I mean, the possibilities there, but I mean, I don't expect it. I don't know. This is such a weird. But the, you also have, you also have Penn State there, who who you know we'll certainly be talking about th- uh, during the season as an opponent. Uh, but you know, a very strong defense by all accounts. Um, Got to replace s- some major pieces on offense. Had a lot of uh, uh, defections over the offseason, but still a strong team. And, you know, they're, they're capable of beating 
you know, some uh, some of these other guys. That, so, you know, it's possible, you know, you're Alan, you're saying Ohio State's going to run away with this division. They could still finish with, with one or two losses and be left out in the cold. Two, they would be they would be shivering in outside for sure. One loss, Ohio State is going to be just fine, I think, uh, unless that that loss comes in the uh, Big Ten title game. Uh, I don't think well, I don't think anybody in the well, they in, had one loss last year. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen to them again. Like I said, the commissioner was out there campaigning for the conference to not be shut out again. Uh, they're going to throw big money and a big a big fit this off coming off season if that happens again uh, when it comes to the college football playoff i just feel like we're guaranteed a big 10 representative in, in the college football playoff and if you just look top to bottom the roster breakdowns again ohio state is stronger than everyone else's now it could play out differently but i i feel like they're not going to skip a beat even losing urban meyer because really I feel like Ryan Day's been running that ship for the last year and a half anyway. You 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 might be right about that. I I Well, you could be with other the amount of stress that he was under, you know, and God knows what else. Um yeah, you, you could be correct about that. Well, it'll be very interesting to see if they come out and, and they just light people on fire and, and just roll through this thing. I I will be very impressed because that tells me that this day is a hell of a coach. Yeah, well, let's, I think we could all agree we just, for sure, just don't want to see Penn State win it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could say for sure we all don't want to see that. I mean, that goes without saying. So, um, all right, we got our, we got our, our Big Ten champions all locked in. Then, yeah, yeah. All right, there we go. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 done. And uh, next week we'll break down what one or two more conferences. I guess we got to yeah, do we'll be hit. Yeah, we'll hit the Big 12 and the SEC next week. And, of course, all the latest with pit football as camp rolls on. Uh, man, we got – that was is, are we done with our first episode already? We did it. We did it. It was a pleasure, and I can't wait to do it again next week. I feel like we got a lot of good information out there, good discussion. Follow us on Twitter. At H2P Show, and, of course, any podcast app of your choice. Apple, Google, Spotify, we are there Subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see you next week. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. Living in